The prophet Ezekiel in the first reading today gives this warning that should really cause us to pause and to think about. If I tell the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade the wicked from his way, the wicked shall die for his guilt, but I will hold you responsible for his death. But if you warn the wicked, trying to turn him away from his way, and he refuses to turn from his way, he shall die for his guilt, but you shall save yourself. In short, we are duty-bound to remind, to admonish, correct one another. Admonish the sinner. This is one of the seven spiritual works of mercy from which we're called as disciples to practice and activate what we believe. Do you remember those from early years, childhood years of your Sunday school? For many of you adults here, we learn these things and maybe we don't realize the why until we are older and have experienced some of the challenges we have faced. We're called to admonish, though, not out of a motivation for being right, as in self-righteousness, but admonish with love and for the love of the other person who is living sinfully, in hopes that they have ears to hear and eyes to see. We must be mindful not to separate ourselves from the person who is sinning because we know our sins and the pain of suffering from those sins. Through our baptismal gifts, though, we are to work with them in love, to invite them to a new understanding. Love is not only seen as the command that we hear today, love your neighbor as yourself, but also it's the fullest descriptor of all of the commandments. You look at every one of those commandments and they lead you to that focus of love who is God. Love must be in all that we do. And if we catch ourselves not admonishing someone out of a place of love, then we need to stop. Recalibrate. Stop and even look the fool if needed in order to recalibrate. You see, some people will enter into this admonishment work and when an argument ensues... The love is often quickly overcome by self-righteousness. By fear that my point's not going to be heard and I need to push that much harder to make the point. But people are not likely to stop and back up to find love again because it may make them look foolish. So, pray your heart into God's heart in that moment. Or walk away. From admonishing them. Walk away from admonishing them until you have found that center again of love leading you and not being led by fear or judgment or self righteousness against your brother or sister. We hear this today in our second reading when St. Paul preaches to the Romans You shall not commit adultery, kill, steal, covet. He lists those and then he says, Namely, all of this is summed up in that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, love does no evil to a neighbor. Hence, love is the fulfillment of the law. We have a responsibility to love. And in that love, to correct and admonish when needed. 
But not out of a place of fear. Out of a place of hope. This is practiced in various aspects of our relationships with people around us, our friends, our co-workers, our family. And if we reflect on when we have been admonishing someone, did we do it with love for them? Or did we do it with judgment and self-righteousness? All this to say, though, we must do something. We must act. There's an old saying, all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. Apathy to sin does not bring good news to those who need to hear it. Nor does it bring good news to us who may be fearful to offer guidance to our brother or sister. If they refuse, as we heard in the first reading, then the suffering rests on them and not on you. This is where many times we are lacking. We are afraid to speak the hard truths of our faith, particularly on matters of doctrine and morality, because we don't want to offend anybody or be considered as intolerant or uncharitable. The world twists all of that amazingly. But far from being uncharitable, the proclamation of the truth is an aspect of charity. In fact, St. Thomas Aquinas says to correct the wrongdoer through a position of fraternal connection, brotherly love or sisterly love essentially, and doing it in this sense, he says, is an act of charity. Admonishing sinners is one of the seven spiritual works of mercy, along with giving instruction to the ignorant, counseling the doubtful, consoling the sorrowful, bearing wrongs patiently, forgiving injuries, and praying for the living and the dead. These You recognize these as particularly adults. Maybe your children can memorize, have those memorized and repeat those back to you. But they're foundational to our faith. Spiritual works of mercy are acting in faith to do the good work that Christ has called us to do. And I remember as a child having to try and memorize those spiritual works and it just was no connection to me at that moment. But that's okay. Because even in my young adulthood, I I just set those aside. I didn't think about those. But now as I'm older and facing politics and social norms as an adult, things like political correctness on steroids and other secular norms that we face every day, I love the Lord with a heart that is still at times challenged by what I prefer to do versus what I need to do. I prefer to be silent and avoid the discussion that is difficult. Take a hard pass, as my young adult children now say, is the way. But I know as an adult that I must do things that may seem hard, and yet they must be done. They must be done if I'm to be authentic to my faith. And I want to be authentic in my faith. For example, as a parent, or now a grandparent that I am, and my granddaughter is sitting over here. As a parent or grandparent, I must be attentive to give 
my children the best example of our faith through regular reception of the sacraments. Sometimes we forget this, and I've counseled many who have fallen away or become lukewarm in their faith, and only to find they didn't choose to do the good work. And yes, it's hard work at times to practice our faith. It is hard. Faith is not a feeling, nor is it free or easy to receive. It is a constant work. It's a constant work to humble ourselves, to push beyond our own selfish reactions or tendencies and do the work that Christ invites us to do. And he doesn't force us. And therefore, we have no right to force anyone upon someone else to know no matter how right it may be, no matter how in the moment we feel convicted, I'm right. That doesn't matter. We can't force another to that, even to our own children. If we do, then we're not doing it from a place of love. We're doing it from a place of fear and anxiety. If we're forcing our children who have missed, who have come to us with a challenge, maybe we've missed something along the way. Maybe we have to recalibrate and think, how can I better express this to my child that this is valuable? How can I lead them to a place to honor my ask of them to go to Mass, to go to confession, to lead them to honor getting married in the church? We have to be engaged and directing in our children's lives. But there comes a point where they have to accept the faith. And we have either laid the groundwork for that faith to be accepted, or we haven't. Those who are lost, those who I mentioned that have fallen away, they often will come at a point when there is a crisis in their life. And in that moment of crisis, they lean on the foundation of faith that they've been given. And it is understandably sad when people have not been given that faith. But we're a community that has a responsibility to uplift one another, help the parents in doing that. And we must admonish on the way that depends on and leans on the heart of Jesus. Because absent asking from his heart when admonishing, we do nothing more than judge, separate, or diminish. And that is not Jesus' way. Let's practice the spiritual works of mercy in love. And if you haven't looked at them lately, and I recognize that we might have forgotten some of those, pick them up. Learn them again. Relearn them. Knowing that this is foundational, this is a treasure of our faith that we need to be aware of and practice today more than ever. May God in his mercy give us strength and confidence to share the truths of the good news that Jesus is our Lord and Savior in our lives here and for eternity to come.